Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Well, hello there, sir. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning to you. Yeah, it's a new day. It is another beautiful day in the podcast neighborhood. In the podcast neighborhood where the temperature and everything is perfect, but outside it's cold. Is it? Is it cold for you guys? It's cold here. I think it's cold there too, right? Yeah, it's pretty uh, cold in Vancouver. Yeah. What's the temperature? It's sunny today. Like we've had a beautiful weekend and it's been really sunny, but cold. Like winter. Like winter is here. As in. Winter has come. Freezing? Is it below freezing? No, but I'd say it's like 40 or something, 40 Fahrenheit. Yeah. That's cool. Like that. That's, That's cold, cold for us, for us uh ex-Californians, I guess. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh, what's the temperature in in Utah right now? Do you check on that at all or not? Really? I do. I check on that. You do. It's been nice lately. We've already had in Utah at the house there. We have like nest cameras on the house mm. um, that I can just go on my phone and and look yeah. at the yard and things like that. Yeah. And we've had a couple of snowstorms already. Okay. In, in October. In October. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the snow's not on in my property, you know, in the yard or whatever right now, mm-hmm. but it, that we've had a couple nice uh, storms come through. And so the mountains, you know, in the distance around the valley there are just covered in snow already. It's beautiful. So really a, a beautiful landscape outside yes, your home. That's wonderful. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So Utah gets snow in October. That's kind of like how Canada is, you know, Canada yeah. starts snowing in October. So, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. So you ready for this week's episode? Yes. What is it again? This is message. Message in a bottle. In a bottle. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's go watch this. Okay, everyone. We're going to go watch message in a bottle. Robbie and I'll be right back. And for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Everyone, we are back from watching Message in a Bottle. My goodness. Yes, we are. Oh, boy. That's funny. Oh. I can't, I, I still can't believe I remembered Andy Dick was in this. I'm shocked. I know. I know. I'm shocked. Dude, this was really fun. I got to say, this was yeah. one of my favorite episodes that I've seen Whoa, of our show. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I feel like we're on a roll this season hey, four. Man. Yes. Well, see, this is indicative of every Star Trek series. It's always the first three seasons are finding your way. And then all of a sudden, season four, things start really moving. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least I'm not going to say every. I'm going to definitely say it's the same for TNG, DS9, and Voyager, where yeah. the fourth season is where oh yeah, it's starting to move, right? I feel like there's a lot of good episodes this season and and this was one of my favorites. So yeah. Which, what's your uh, one to tenor? What are you going to rate this? I'm going to give this a nine. Whoa. Yeah, I'm give this a nine out of 10. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'll do the same. I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. So I wow. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is, I, and because I remember this being, and I talked about this before, you know, this is an episode that was, it's, it's fast moving. It's, it's fun. You know, it's, and it, it is, it's mm-hmm. a fun episode. Really, mm-hmm. really fun. All right. Let's start off with our poetry synopsis. Here is my haiku for message in a bottle. Seven detects ship. Doctor is sent on mission. Andy Dick funny. <laughs> yep. Okay, good. Yep. All right. Nice. Very let, nice. Yes. Okay. Let's hear now your for collaboration. Our limerick. Yes. 
our limerick the synopsis Rob, the robbie rebecca collaborated limerick <laughs> let's hear it okay so here is my limerick poetry synopsis for message in a bottle our sensors detect a starfleet ship then janeway sends doc on a trip is that andy dick emh teamwork does the trick now home is in Voyager's grip. Very nice. Yes, I got Andy mm-hmm. Dick in there too. You, you did Andy get Dick Andy in Dick too. in there. We're thinking yeah. on the same wavelength yeah, we are. here. Yeah, we are. Very nice, Robbie Rebecca collaboration. <laughs> Limerick, good job. Thank you. Thank, you. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Let's just talk about the guest stars real quick before Let's we jump do. into this. Well, okay? let's talk about. Okay, so Message in a Bottle, directed mm-hmm. by Nancy Malone. Who I don't remember at all. This is what? this woman became Kate's good buddy, right? Or was Kate's good friend? I think friend, was right? Kate's good friend before, and yeah. they stayed very good friends. Yeah, Nancy right. Malone and Kate were super close. Doesn't Nancy Malone have a house in Ireland that Kate stayed at? Something like that. Does this ring a bell? Maybe something like that. I okay. Nancy. I know Kate and Nancy were very close. Okay. Um, I don't remember a lot of a lot more details than that, mm. though. I really don't. But mm. I know they were very close, and I think that's why Nancy came on the show was because of Kate. Because of Kate. Okay. I think it was. But they were friends before. Right. Um, right. But I thought Nancy did a great job. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought it was really well directed. A story by Rick Williams. Teleplay by Lisa Clink. Lisa, come on. This was a great script. It was She did funny. a good job. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So good. I, I want to pat Lisa on the back on this one. Now, the name Rick Williams, does this yes. ring a bell for you at all? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, this is the only time I think I've seen his name. I mean, the only connection I have to Rick Williams or, or I, that I can think of is Ricky Williams, the NFL running back. who, Which uh, I doubt was the story. I- <laughs> You don't think the Heisman Trophy winner from the University of Texas, you don't think he wrote this? I I think he wrote it. I don't think so. No. (laughs) Okay, fine. Okay, Lisa did a phenomenal job. I I really mean that. Like, this is a a really strong script. It's Mm -hmm. funny. It's smart. Mm -hmm. It's well-structured. Yes. And I don't recall. I don't remember that she wrote this script. So that's Mm -hmm. I'm even more impressed. I'm like, wow, wow, fabulous. Good job. Good job, um, Andy Dick. Obviously, our guest star. We've t- yes. we you know can talk about him a little. Mm-hmm. He was um, Andy Dick. I think was part of a group that met in college, and I could be getting this story wrong. Okay, so I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. One of my good friends when I was growing up, childhood friend, was David Cross, who was a stand-up comic, and he was on Arrested Development. And- oh yes, yes, David okay. Cross, yes. David that's Cross. your that's your buddy. Yeah. Wow. You still uh, so, talk to him? I I haven't talked to David in a long time. I'm still very close with his sister Wendy, and mm-hmm. uh, she lives in Atlanta, and uh, and I talk to Wendy quite often. But I haven't okay. talked to I haven't talked to David in a while. But we yeah. were good friends. Yeah. Growing up, did a lot yeah. of children's theater, community theater as kids. Anyway, David Cross goes to college up at Emerson in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I sort we sort of lose track. And then a few years later, I see I hear that David Cross is working with his college buddies, some of which were Ben Stiller, Janine Garafala, Andy Dick, and a few others. 
And hmm. they had started doing like, uh, I think it was an Emerson radio show or something, comedy on the radio wow. together. And I think Andy Dick was part of this. So either he went to Emerson yeah. and met them all in college or teamed up with them because they started doing these uh, little short comedy bits on MTV. I don't know if you remember this back in the late eighties. Oh, right. It was, it was Ben Stiller doing these bits and David Cross was writing and Andy Dick was in them and they were, all doing these MTV bits. And then that, that led to a series on Fox, which was a relatively new network back then right. called the Ben Stiller show. And you can find it on YouTube or whatever, but the Ben Stiller show was a sketch comedy show on yeah. Fox, Yeah, like a single cam Ben Stiller hosted it and Andy Dick was in it. Right. So anyway, Andy Dick was very hot. You know, this is by the, by the nineties when we start doing Voyager, Mm -hmm. um, that was my memory of Andy Dick. I, I was like, he and David Cross and Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo and uh, right. who else was in that? Kathy um, Griffin. Kathy right? Griffin. Yes. Yep. Kathy they were Griffin. all all in that. David o uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, was also, I think, on the Ben Stiller show, which ah. led to led to Mr. Show, which was David Cross and Bob Odenkirk on HBO back in the, yeah. in the late 90s anyway um that's that's my that's the context of andy dick for me huh. I'm like oh yeah he was he was definitely um a very modern and hot young mm. comic actor right about huh. our about my age you know he was yeah. contemporaries and friends with some people i knew so we'll see really, now mm -hmm. yeah go, go ahead you're gonna say you really i was just I was going to say I was really excited when I heard he was coming on the show. Yeah. Although I don't remember ever crossing paths with him because that story with him, him and Bob was so isolated. It was just so, mm -hmm. you know, um, off on its own. And I don't think I came in for scenes when I wasn't working. So I, I don't remember if we even crossed paths on set. I don't think we did. Mm. I don't think I ever met him. I, I get, I really didn't meet him until he was on the show. And then of course, when the, Star Trek experience opened. He was there as well. So, yeah. Um, and I do recall probably 2001, you know, towards the end of Voyager, I was at a, I think it was the Mondrian hotel mm -hmm. on sunset. They had a nightclub there and I was, or a bar there and I was there and I bumped into Andy there. And this is after he had guest starred on Voyager and I was right. like, "Hey, Andy, how's it going?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, hey, hey, Garrett, what's up?" So we had a bit of a conversation, which was interrupted by Kathy Griffin. She oh, walked funny. up. She <laughs> walks up, and that was the last time that I saw him. Oh, but I, I would have to say the funniest thing I've ever seen him do was a movie called "And God Spoke." Have you seen this film before? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I remember the title. Oh my god, so funny, so funny. Okay, let's move on to our other uh, guest stars. We have yeah. Judson Scott, who played yes. in Star Trek II, The Wrath wow. of Khan. He played Khan's right-hand man. So that's his earliest. And then he also did a, a uh, I think he did a guest star on TNG, and then he did our show. But uh -huh. definitely very memorable from Star Trek II, the film Wrath of Khan, which many people find to be one of the best Star Trek films of all time. Yeah, I yeah. think Judson Scott also went to Juilliard uh, to did school. Did he? Okay. I think he did. 
All right. uh, which is funny. He was way, you know, early on in the drama department there. That's where I went to school many years later. Yes. So, and then um, he went on to do soap operas as well, like you did. Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. did General Hospital in 1984, 1985. So um, there you go. Yeah. Juilliard and then soap opera and then Sci-Fi. and then start and then, then Star-, Star Trek. There exactly. you go. Yeah. Um, Valerie Wildman plays Navala, the mm. other Romulan on the bridge. She yeah. had quite a bit to do. The one that I, the guest star that I, that I was excited to see was Tiny Ron. Tiny Ron oh. was, was, uh, uh, he was a, ba- a professional basketball player who became an actor and did quite a few things, but he played, uh, the Herodian <laughs> Idrin. Idrin or Idrin or whatever. Yes. Tiny Ron. Uh, he also did stunts <laughs> okay. and things Let's, like that. Right. What, uh, what isn't Tiny he's Ron? Not tiny. Six, no, he's yeah, six, he's like seven. six foot six or <laughs> six, something. Eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a tall guy. He's a giant <laughs> guy. He was the nicest guy. I do remember Tiny Ron when he came to get suited up because that's the, I think this is the first time we see Herogen yeah, on our show. It, it is. And, and, and I remember them testing, like they were developing this makeup. I remember Scott Wheeler in the trailer. <laughs> sculpting this Herogen makeup for a long time, making changes. Yeah. So that had been in development for easily a month or two. Right. And then tiny Ron comes in to put it on and he's like, he has a duck coming in the trailer. Huge and, uh, big man. And he was a really friendly, fun yeah. down to earth. Yeah. Well, he was not, not okay. tiny. No, but he was in this episode and the next episode as well. He's he's oh. in more than one episode, I think. Oh, I didn't know from that. what I yeah, from what I recall. Yeah, Tiny Ron <laughs> was not so tiny. No. Uh, Love it. And uh yeah, I think that was it for uh yeah, guest for guest stars. stars. Yeah, we have it all. um all right. So we start the episode. Uh mm-hmm. Balana and Chakotay are walking down a hallway, and she is mad. She yeah. is wound up. She's not happy. Um yeah, she's mad at seven because seven is bossy and and, you know, Chakotay's like, what do you want me to do? Lock her in the brig? And she's like, that, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. um, because she came into, I guess, Seven went into engineering, took something without asking, and then went yeah. back to astrometrics and locked the door. Locked the door behind Wouldn't her. let her in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. I didn't know you could lock doors. I, I thought didn't everything either. just, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't let her in. And right. then and then while they're arguing about this. Seven calls for Chakotay and she's like, Chakotay, report to Astrometrics immediately. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very funny. Already funny. I'm laughing. Very funny. And yeah. he's coming around another corner and here comes Janeway. And, right. And he goes, oh, Astrometrics. <laughs> she's yeah. like, yep. They've both I've been, been summoned, I've right? Been summoned. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they go in though, and it's not locked anymore. She must no. have unlocked the, uh, taken the lock mechanisms down yeah um but seven shows them in astrometrics that yeah. she's located uh a starfleet vessel yeah and that's kind of how we end she's located a ship and it's a starfleet vessel bum, right. Bum, bum. right we're like how's that possible there's another starfleet vessel in the delta quadrant what that's what you're thinking as an yep. audience member and yeah. then we go to our opening credits which mm-hmm. i just gotta say we have really good opening credits like when the do. ship flies through all those amazingly beautiful shots, I just, yeah. it's in the song. It's a really good opening credits. Scene. Did you get your screenshot of your name? I don't know if I did. Probably. Oh yeah. yeah. Like visual effects or somebody came over and gave all the actors. That's a, right. Like I a don't little, know where it is. Put in, not a plaque, but put in a, like a frame or like something. A frame saying, yeah. Hey, here's your name. Right. And I remember 
Robert Picardo, Bob Picardo was so upset because when Why? Seven of Nine showed up, his name moved. <laughs> if you think about it, it goes like this because it lists um, it lists Kate. First, oh, his name right? moved forward though. It, it moved, moved it earlier. Moved, it moved to a point where there's nothing. Like you see nothing. So oh. it's sort of like oh, like he didn't get any cool planetary background, you know, anything like oh, that. Oh, I see. So because it's alphabetical after it lists Janeway, right? So it goes yep. so Janeway first, and then it goes Beltran, and then everyone alphabetically. So Picardo. Um, and uh, moved up Ryan, to Jennifer Lean's spot, something probably. like that, because Ryan, Jerry Ryan, pushed his name forward, and then mm-hmm. he got he got nothing, and he was so. Upset. I remember oh, him telling funny. me he was like, "My name, it has nothing behind it now," and he was that's he funny. was he wasn't happy about that. And that was that's funny. Random observation of mine there. All okay. right, so we come back to Astrometrics, and um, Seven says that uh, this ship. The Starfleet ship is in the Alpha Quadrant. Mm -hmm. And the way that she's discovered this is there's this large network of abandoned relay stations. And and this alien alien relay stations. Let's say that. It's not Starfleet. These are just alien has them there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't she doesn't know whose it is. It seems to be abandoned, these relay stations. And uh, the Starfleet vessel that she's detected is near the outer edges of the alpha quadrant Mm -hmm. near near these relay stations or close and close enough that the relay stations can pick it up. And she says in 41 minutes, they're going to be out of range. That's all the time they have to get a message to Starfleet. And, right. and we don't even know if we can do it, but we're going to correct. We have 41 minutes to try. Not much time. No. And I did notice in the scene, Kate is kind of walking up on the platform in Astrometrics and kind of looking out at the network of yeah. relay stations. And it just reminded me of like how much Kate likes to walk on the bridge and in these scenes. Like she likes to move around and you know kate's the rest of us don't do that but definitely kate likes to kind of move across the bridge move across maybe maybe it's just because she is the captain on the bridge she's used to kind of bringing the camera and moving the shots around so it was funny in astrometrics you know seven and chakotay just stand there but janeway's kind of pacing over here and walking up on the thing and i love it she's a mover and a shaker yeah i wonder if rick colby sort of instilled that in her in the pilot i think that's that's a good guess i do yeah i mean they became quite close so i I do believe that 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 could be a distinct possibility yeah that was his style of sort of blocking keeping the shots moving and things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. anyway so uh we cut to the bridge and seven sends harry the interleague interlink frequencies for all these relay stations and uh janeway sends a voice message with the coordinates of where we are mm-hmm. and and everyone's tense and waiting she sends out this message to starfleet and we're waiting getting anything and then all of a sudden something's coming back mm-hmm. but it's her message right it's like all distorted and yeah. it's basically her message is just bouncing back it's the same message it's kind of yeah. like a, that earlier episode we reviewed where we listen and we're like oh it's another ship but it's really mm-hmm. still voyager that we're it's listening us. to yeah and mm-hmm. by the way when the message bounces back it sort of had the the sound of like the old like um, dial up modem sound almost like <laughs> like that. Was it was the AOL like, dial yes. up sound? It was oh like the AOL dial up sound. And I was thinking that's an analog sound. Like yes, that's, it is. That is not a sound that 
is created anymore in a digital world. Our no. cell phones are digital. No. Our computers are digital. No. Analog is gone. No. And but, it would the, be- but this is the time when this episode was filmed. This was during the time that AOL, everything, everything, everyone was on AOL. It was yeah. all analog. It was all dial-up, right? Dial-up. Yeah. 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 So uh, Seven uh, says that uh, the message is degrading and Balana says, Balana says, well, maybe a holographic signal. If we send that, it won't degrade so fast as the one, you know, we're sending out our signal, yeah. but it's getting bounced around and degrading and it's not going through. Right. If we send a holographic signal, mm-hmm. which that's Balana's idea, super smart. And then, yeah. and then um, I think Janeway or well, Janeway or Balana says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? The doctor, yeah. and it felt like a it felt like a warp <laughs> warp particles. particles. Yeah. It felt like a warp particles moment to me. <laughs> Not exactly, but I was like, "Oh, we should have done another." <laughs> the doctor at the same time, yes, would have been funny. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Balana runs into sick bay, and. She downloads the doctor into the mobile. Well, the doctor is very hesitant. He's like, "Well, I'm not sure." And she doesn't. She doesn't even wait for him to respond. No, she downloads him while he's. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It was funny. Yes. And and that that was all one shot. And uh, Nancy, the director, Mm. I thought did a beautiful job because it it started on the doctor doing something in the foreground, then came over to to Balana coming in, and and in the same shot she beams him out or downloads yeah. him into the thing right. and then grabs the hollow emitter and walks yeah. out hard shot to do. Like she did a couple of those in this episode. And I thought it was really well done. The yeah. timing of designing those kind of shots. Cause you have to freeze. There are moments where you do have to freeze and mm-hmm. people have to walk out, but mm-hmm. it feels like everything just flows together. I yeah. thought it was really well done. And it was the mobile emitter, mobile emitter that she and, into yeah. the mobile emitter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice, very nicely designed beam out shots. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And so we, we see uh, uh, the doctor in astrometrics now, and they've caught him up on what their plan is. And I loved his line. When I requested more away missions, this was not what I had in mind. I just, there's so many good lines. In this <laughs> there's script. a lot of good stuff. Agreed. Yeah. And Balan explains that he's going to be sent like a message. And then when he gets to the, the other side, he will automatically be activated in there in the Starfleet vessels, uh, hollow network. He'll right. automatically pop up. Right. And we're running out of time now. Seven yep. keeps calling out the time. She's like, 90 seconds left. We got to do this. Right. But they also tell the doctor, and once you, you know, mm-hmm. complete your mission, obviously the Starfleet vessel can then turn around and get back into the range mm-hmm. where he could be sent back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll send you back the same way, she mm-hmm. says, you know. Another line in this that I love where the doctor goes, Well, far be it from me to turn down an opportunity to become a hero. I'm ready. <laughs> it was just. So smug, <laughs> so dry, and so funny. Uh, but he beams over to the to the uh, sick bay on the other ship. Mm-hmm. The message does go through. The doctor does appear in the sick bay on the uh, Starfleet vessel, mm-hmm. Pr- the Prometheus. Uh, right. We find out, and um, and I th- my first thought was this looks like a TNG vessel. It just I, it was so, I, really? the sick the sick bay to me. It looked like a TNG era set. I don't know if they recycled. Oh. Some set pieces for this, for the bridge. I just hmm. felt like the whole Prometheus ship felt a little uh, TNG era to me or recycled in some way. I don't know I, why. I didn't get that because no? I know just because the color scheme is lighter than the TNG ship. It, I think yeah. it just there's more whites going on or, you know, they may white. have painted it, but something about like the set pieces, it all yeah. felt it felt a little bit like. Not quite our our Voyager 
yeah. era, era design. It almost no. felt like instead of more futuristic, it almost felt more backwards in the inside. You thought it was more retro then. Okay. I, did. I, I, did, I didn't get that feeling. I did buy the fact that it's supposed to be more modern than Voyager. Oh, really? I, I, I felt that. On I the outside, I thought the outside looked super cool, by the way. Right. But the I inside. Love, but yeah, the, the inside looks great. Mm-hmm. But the doctor's there and he finds nobody's there. No. And uh, as he's going around looking at the consoles and trying to get um, some kind of connection to to the com- internal comm system, he sees a, a, de- a couple crew members yeah. injured and laying you know, unconscious on the floor. He wakes one up, gives him a hyperspray, comes to for just a moment, and he says to the doctor, Romulans have taken over the ship. And then he dies. Uh, thank God he had that much, left, that much life just left enough. in him. Just enough to say... Romulans yeah. and then die and then die. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then we go out to the cool ship shot. This is what I did think was cool. Mm. The Prometheus looks super cool. It's pointy nose. And yeah. Um, and we find out a lot of cool things about the Prometheus. One thing I did while I was waiting for you to finish up, because I usually finish watching and noting before you, yes. um, I did a little Prometheus research oh. and found out something interesting about the ship that there was some kind of confusion when we were making this episode message in a bottle. Okay. Um, and, and it involved the registry number of the Prometheus. So mm. Michael, Michael Kuda used the number NX seven, four, nine, one, three inside for all the internal displays for the ship's dedication plaque. It was NX seven, four, nine, one, three. Yeah. But that info did not get to the post visual effects company foundation imaging that made the outside part and they use the number nx59650 so the numbers on the outside don't match the numbers on the inside of the set they didn't get the memo i guess and used a different number so there is a discrepancy which i thought was but but the thing about the inside numbers is they're much smaller so like the one on the outside of the ship for these found, for the the VFX shots, you're going to see that number on the outside of the mm-hmm. ship. And you don't, it's really hard. You'd have to be in a super tight close up um, on a console or something to see those numbers. So, yeah. I, but I just thought that was an interesting little little detail. It is, but you know what that tells me is that communication is key. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's anything that ever gets messed up in any film or TV production is because someone or st- someone dropped the ball. in communicating what Mm -hmm. needs to go on right i mean you have to be you have to really work on your communication skills Mm -hmm. you know it's another reminder of how big the machine is that makes these shows like exactly you know there's a filming crew there's the actors there's Mm -hmm. the the actor support you know hair makeup wardrobe all that yeah. But then you've got a construction department, an art department, mm-hmm. your makeup lab, which was a whole different department than just the onset makeup people. You've got mm-hmm. your writers and production office staff, your vis effects and editors, and and you've got your orchestras scoring things. Like so many people yeah. trying to work on the same page, literally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes like things just get you know slip through the cracks. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting one, I thought. Yeah, they talk about it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to make a, <laughs> a TV, TV show, show or a film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we go on the bridge. Yeah. And there's a bunch of Romulans. Right. Yep. 
there's a bunch of Romulans. And bunch also, of Romulans on our they're, bridge. They're being uh, they're being chased right now, right? Aren't yeah. they being chased? They're being chased by a Starfleet vessel. Well, and... they're being chased by a Starfleet vessel, and they're not really sure how to run this ship. No. They're like, we're not really familiar. These systems are not familiar, and uh, and there's a Starfleet vessel uh, approaching for intercept, uh, and so they do, they get ready for battle. Yeah, and. Um, and so that we we leave with them getting ready for battle back to sick bay, and um, the doctor's trying to ask the computer there about the ship because he's not familiar with it either. The Romulans aren't familiar. The doctor's not familiar. Right. Uh, and the computer, Major Barrett, starts to tell him all about the ship that it's an advanced vessel uh, intended for deep space exploration. Mm-hmm. It has something called a multi, lots of other things. But then she says a multi-vector assault mode. Yes. And he's like, multi-vector assault mode, uh, please describe. And she says, uh, uh, you will need more clearance for a description on that. Mm-hmm. So you know this is something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought that was just a cool idea, a cool name. And It uh, is a very cool name. And I've abbreviated to the MVAM. So the MVAM is what I'm oh, calling Oh, the MVAM. The okay. Multi-vector assault mode. Yes. Uh-huh. The MVAM. And I'm guessing that the Romulans did keep some of the Starfleet members on the bridge alive just to get the information of how to operate the MVAM because they seem to know because they do operate it mm-hmm. in, in the uh, the next scene. And that MVAM, the multi-vector assault mode, is basically the ship splits into pieces, into separate pieces, and they then go on to, well, you then determine mm-hmm. what type of attack mode and then who is the target. And boy, that thing looks pretty special. <laughs> pretty it was kind of cool, yeah, yeah, when it broke into three mm-hmm. parts. Yeah. And uh, and I thought it was also interesting that the bridge went to blue alert. They yeah. didn't have red Not alert. Red alert. Blue. It's blue uh-huh. alert, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's an auto separation, goes yeah. into three pieces, and they basically take out the Starfleet vessel that's approaching right. with one shot of yeah. this MVAM. Like, yes. bam, they're done. They're finished. Uh, and there's a Romulan in the background in this brief exchange of gunfire. There's a Romulan that sort of takes a spark. Did you see that guy? I in the did. Back? Yeah. And I thought a couple of things. One is that spark was facing his face. And I don't know, you know, when we used to do sparks or those things, they'd always put them sort of behind us to protect our eyes because yeah. when those things go off, there are residual, you know, I would feel it on my hands. I'd feel it on my neck. You'd feel it. And so it, it wasn't enough to really hurt you if it was behind you, but if it's in front of you, it could blind you possibly. So I was like, yeah. that was a risky spark hit in the background there because he was, he was facing it and it kind of came toward him. You know, it was, it could have gone in his eye or something. They could have also told him, close your eyes, keep yeah, your eyes maybe. closed when this happens, or they yeah, could have put some goggles or some, some type of glasses that you couldn't see from behind. Right? Yeah, maybe they did worn. that. Right. Cause I can't imagine they would have allowed him to just take those sparks in his face. That's, you know, I don't think yeah. that, I don't think that would have been the uh, protocol for the day. I think they would have done. Well, something. I know that, and this is probably a much longer discussion. I know that, you know, safety on set mm-hmm. uh, in light of things that have happened recently on oh, uh, yes. uh, My films. Goodness. Yeah. Safety on set is always something that people try um, to be very, very, um aware of because mm-hmm. people can get hurt you know yeah. we're doing a lot of dangerous things like that like sparks you know it's it's pretend mm-hmm. but that's real sparks that could really blind somebody yeah. and it's just not worth it it's not yeah. worth people getting hurt we should all go home from work definitely and yeah. historically speaking there have been accidents on sets 
um, tragic accidents, right? Well, I mean, the guys that did the sparks and uh, any of our onset effects, the smoke, the sparks, the doors opening and shutting, they're called the onset effects team. Yeah. And Will Toms was uh, our, our door guy. Right. But uh, what was his name? The head Dick, of that. Uh, Dick, Brownfield. Dick Brownfield. Dick yeah. Brownfield. Do you remember? Dick had a couple of fingers missing. Dick was missing a <laughs> Yes, like, like, it's like, yeah, wait a minute. the head of all the sparks and explosions has a few digits missing. Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's a dangerous. <laughs> it made you think. Yeah, <laughs> that, my, yeah. my point is it's a dangerous, it's dangerous what, what we do sometimes. I don't mean to overstate it, but, right. but I don't want to understate it. It is real. People do get hurt. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, so that was a moment where I was just like, it reminded me of like that. Eh, Hopefully he did have goggles on. Um, let's say he did. Yeah. Okay. Let's say he was safe. Let's but say we go. We <laughs> we go to sick bay after this. The next thing I loved is Bob's trying to hide behind a console or something, <laughs> and with sparks or whatever the shakes, and then uh, they bring in that injured Romulan. Yeah. And he just sort of pops up like, okay, I can't hide here. Well, yeah. No, he 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 pops up and then he looks behind him to see if there's any place he can go and then yeah. he realizes there's no place so no place he then go. he goes into character <laughs> he's yeah. like oh he pretends stay, he's just been activated please stay the right? nature of the medical emergency i love it yeah. it was very funny mm-hmm. um yeah home run for bob and andy dick in this the very yeah. funny and by the way for the rest of us like i was really happy with some of the light comedy that I did and you know, the scenes that you and I have. Oh, we had some great moments as well. I was really yeah. happy with the, the light yeah. comedy. But Lisa Klink's lines between mm-hmm. between when, when EMH2 Andy Dick is activated, the lines that, that are being thrown back and forth between oh, yeah. Andy Dick and Robert Picardo are classic. Like right yeah. off the bat, you know, Andy Dick's like, who are you? I know everybody on this ship. And then uh, then he recognizes him. Oh, EMH Mark One. Yes. yes. The beady eyes. <laughs> I love that. The beady eyes, right? And, and yeah. bad uh, bedside demeanor. And then uh, the Picardo comes back with, EMH One comes back with, I was saving Voyager from annihilation when you were only a gleam in your programmer's eye. I mean, like, and then of course, Mark Two has to come back with, you know, we don't use scalpels or leeches anymore, which is hilarious. There's a lot of They're just funny, insult, insulting, oh, insulting each other back, yeah, and, back and, forth. and forth. It's very funny. Which really, up until now, we're only used to the doctor throwing out these co- kind of comments. It's to, great to, to see somebody now, coming back with him. It was he's so met fun. his match. He's yeah. met his match, which is just, I mean, I think all the fans that watch this episode for the first time are going to be just they're going to be overjoyed with glee. They're going to be like, this is awesome. Well, I, I also <laughs> noticed Andy Dick must have watched a bunch of episodes with Bob because he was doing a lot of things yeah. like our doctor, yes. our holographic doctor. He was yes. behaving yes. at least initially for sure. Yes. Very much like uh, a holographic doctor, a little mm-hmm. combo of like data and yeah. the holographic doctor. Right. I thought it was great. I loved, yeah. um, I loved um, our doctor's line when he's, uh, you know, Andy Dick's going on and on with all the insults. And Bob goes, well, if you just disengage your vocal subroutines for one minute, I'll explain. <laughs> Basically, if you just shut up for a minute. Um, I, I didn't remember that one. Okay. Yeah. Disengage oh your vocal gosh. subroutines for one minute. I love it. Yeah. Mark two. There's, there is a scene where a moment in here where our doctor Bob starts getting really bossy and Andy Dick deactivates himself. And so the doctor like rolls his eyes and, and reactivates, <laughs> reactivates him, him a moment later. <laughs> yeah. And Andy Dick's like, 
How what did you do? Why did you do that? I don't know. Yeah. It was very it, it was, was very good. funny. Really good. Yeah. Nancy Malone, very mm-hmm. good, very good shots there. Mm-hmm. I think we're on the bridge now. Right. Okay. Yeah, we're on the Voyager bridge. And I my note here is my face looks fat. Really? I wrote down. Yes. Again, I like this is, these shots. I wrote down. There's no, no, no. The shots are fine. I'm just saying that this is the time when we're all gaining weight. This is the this is the I time. Thought, this is I the, really maybe we were, but I, I gotta say, I thought I thought all the shots were very flattering. Okay. I thought Roxanne looked great. She's okay. obviously pregnant. We haven't mentioned that again, but she's right. wearing the pregnancy uh, overcoat thing and yes. overcoat and but she's glowing. She looks great. I thought yeah. that shot of you yeah. and me. You're down, Harry's down by Tom Station. Yeah. Just waiting for this message for the doctor to yeah. let us know what's going yeah. on. No, I love the shot. I love the shot. Don't get me wrong. I think Nancy and did the, a great job there. And the fact that Harry's down by Tom Station, you never came down there. Never. Never were down there. Never. So it it to me it said a lot about like, oh, look, Harry and Tom are you know, kind of talking about what might happen if we hear from yeah. home. It was a, yeah. it was a nice, simple way yeah. to reflect the, the bonds that the cast yeah. had, you know, the characters had. Yes. And, um, and just like I'm never down at con, you're really never up at ops either. You know, no. very rarely do you see mm-hmm. Tom Paris hanging out at Terry station. So it was no. a nice shot. I enjoyed it. Was it was nice. And Chicote and Janeway talk. There's a moment where he asks uh, what she's doing and she's sort of coy and she's like, uh, I, I was uh, I was writing some letters to my family, and, and then she pauses, looks him deeply, <laughs> to Mark. I was just like, "Oh my God!" It's dripping with subtext about romance and her relationships. And I wrote down, "You don't need Mark. You've got Native American Mark right in front of you." Exactly. That's what I wrote down. So just yeah. dripping with subtext there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chicote says something about, well, he, he admits that he wrote a letter to his cousin in Ohio. I was like, Ohio. <laughs> what? It's just such an, <laughs> such a random so and random. specific yeah. place to have family for Chicote. I wouldn't have guessed that, but it's nice in a way that it's not stereotypical, that it's just, it's yeah. Ohio. And I think any of the uh, fans that are watching that are from Ohio are probably like, they said my state. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Ohio, uh, Ohio natives are, are rejoicing over this. Good. So we go to sick bay and Paris is the doctor now. I uh, love that. Well, we see Neelix first, right? See Neelix we see first. a female crew member. And then we also see Joey. Remember Joey, the oh, Asian, yeah, Asian right. kid that uh-huh. was uh, sitting there? That's Joey. Yeah. And yeah, Neelix is there worried about some people. A few people are really sick. You know, yeah. you can tell they're sick. Yeah. And Paris walks in. He's the yeah. doctor now and uh, does a little scan yeah. and basically says, Neelix, they've got heartburn. Right. Like, no big deal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Paris asks Neelix, you know, he's going to f- get them some antacid basically yeah. for, the, for, for, uh, Neelix's food. And, mm-hmm. and Paris says, what'd you feed them anyway? Yeah. And Neelix says, rodeo reds, red, hot, rootin' tootin' chili. <laughs> like rodeo reds, red, hot, rootin' tootin' chili. Yes. Oh, it's um, amazing. Couple of things. Paris's hair. Yeah. It's longer. It's longer. Different. Yeah. A little fluffier. Second thing. Rodeo Reds, Red Hot Rootin' Tootin' Chili. Immediately when that scene came on, Megan says, that's what you just said in a prior episode. Do you remember this? I said that? I said said this. I said, well, I said, I said, Robbie said Rootin' Tootin'. She says, no, you did. 
So she goes back and finds it. She shows me a, a prior Delta Flyers episode where mm-hmm. you bring up for the second time about how one of our listeners slash viewers said, well, you guys aren't doing the poetry. You're not doing the limericks and the haikus right or something like that, right? And right. I say in there, I go, no, we shall no longer speak of this any longer. We've already made a point. I think our poetry synopsis, they're darn good. They're rootin' tootin' good. I said that in the oh, actual that's funny. episode. And then Megan goes, foreshadowing, <laughs> you know, for this episode. That's which so is, funny. Yeah, it was so how many How many times do we say rootin' tootin'? Not very, very that's often. That's the only, I think rootin' tootin' is only said once by me in telling you to not talk about this actually it's the episode with uh um our guest host with uh, oh uh, that's right yeah when he joined us eric right so it was what it was during that conversation during that delta flyers episode that i said root and tootin and that's probably the only time that i've ever said it or you you definitely have not said it no it's a, and it's then a- Neelix saying root and tootin is the only time any voyager person has I, ever said that i would think right? so yeah i would come think on so. root and tootin yeah, that's- I, I loved how uh, uh, Ethan Phillips that Neelix says he was leaving <laughs> the way he re- delivered this last line. When yeah. he, leave. he goes, you know, next time I think I'll use a few less jalapenos, jalapenos. <laughs> and then I liked my I liked my face afterwards as he left. And this is where I made a note. Like, I feel really good. I'm going to do a little humble bragging. I feel yeah. really good about like the light comedy that that tom paris and my the way that i did it yeah i feel really good about it no like, you I did was, a good job i was I, really I, happy with the yeah. light comedy i don't you, get the big big laughs like uh, like uh you know the doctor andy right. dick i'm not the character actor but i you know for for just a regular guy i thought i was getting some light comedy stuff uh, no I, and i i love that that's yeah, what made me fun. love this episode because we were allowed to finally be a little yeah. bit funny here and there. I think we all knocked it out of the park, you know, yeah, in, I in this too. episode. I was, was super, really great. super happy. And the whole jalapenos thing, when you live in California for as long as we did, you're used to all Spanish pronunciations of all city names, food names. We know this, but there's a large percentage of the U.S. population that don't have a lot of Spanish speakers. And so then, you know, they, they like talk Neelix, about... Neelix, who doesn't yeah. know, he yeah, would right. call it Jalapenos. Exactly. We go back to uh, the doctor, mm. and he's trying to come up with a plan. In he, the Prometheus sickbay. And mm-hmm. back in the Prometheus. And he thinks he t- thinks about the ventilation systems. Yeah. And is there any, um, you know, any sedatives uh, right. in, in the, the, on, on board? And right. he decides to deliver through the ventilation system, um, neurazine in mm-hmm. a gaseous form in a gas form. Yeah. So that will knock everybody out. Yeah. And, uh, I love his line with the doctor <laughs> brags about his hollow emitter. He says, I'm as close to a sentient life form as any hologram could hope to be. <laughs> yes. I socialize with the crew fraternize with aliens. I've even had sexual relations. <laughs> and then Andy Dick goes, sex. How is that possible? We're we're not equipped with. And Bob says, let's just say I've made an addition to my program. An addition to my program. <laughs> oh my God. That exchange. This one upsmanship is just oh, so funny. So and, funny. You know, this whole time this whole time, the EMH2 is throwing hurdles. Like, no, there's no way. What are we gonna do? Well, you just waltz onto the bridge. You can't do that. You can't do so he's always yeah. throwing hur- hurdles out, and the doctor, and the doctor has to the doctor problem is- solve. He's like, What are we gonna do? Oh, we can incapacitate the Romulans. Well, he's, he's, being the hero. Yeah. he's being the it's, hero. He's being the hero. It's yeah. kind of like um 
I think in this episode, one thing I liked was that the doctor is, is a fish out of water needing to be the action guy. Yes. And the Prometheus and Paris is a fish out of water trying to be in a, you know, much mi- more minor B story. Right. Trying to be the, doc- is, the doctor. Trying to be a doctor. Like yeah. he's a fish out of water. He doesn't, Definitely. you know, that's Definitely. a, that's and a in nice a way, story. Andy Dick's character is also a bit of a fish out of the water because this is an experimental um, uh, ship. Mm-hmm. It's also, he's an experimental EMH. He just was installed yeah. six weeks ago. So he's brand new too. So there's a lot of fish out of water storylines yeah. going on. Yeah. I love Andy Dick's physical comedy and trying oh, the, to get into the Jeffries tube. He My doesn't God. know how to crawl he doesn't know how to into crawl. a tube. He tries he to go know. backwards. <laughs> his foot turns. comes out awkwardly. Then he does, he does that weird thing where he just yeah. shifts his body. It's so funny. So funny. Good physical comedy. We don't yes. normally do that on our show either. No. It was very, very funny. No. Uh, we go to, we go to the bridge and the Prometheus, uh, the Prometheus bridge, bridge yes. exactly, with the Romulans. And the doctor enters and he uh, reports that the crewman is getting better. Yeah. And he lies about a possible virus on board. He needs to scan them all. So he starts... Yeah. They're the sort of Trovka, the Trovka virus, mm-hmm. a nasty strain of the Trovka virus, was detected in the injured Romulan's blood work, and says he says yes, I've got to run these scans, and he goes, uh, he he starts he starts scanning uh, the Romulan commander. Re- He's like Rekar? walking. Is it Rekar? 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 I think yeah. Rekar. Yeah. Rekar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was walking behind him and chasing him around the bridge, you know, uh, scanning him on the move was really right. funny. Right. But he's also kind of eavesdropping on everything they're talking yeah. about, like the, the Romulans are going to rendezvous yeah. with them in an hour. Yeah. So he's picking up a lot of information mm-hmm. here. And yeah. um, oh, and and the information is they're not going to they, uh, Commander Ricar makes a course change. Right. He mm-hmm. alters the course heading because he says we have to meet the Tal Shiar. The Tal Shiar are the the equivalent of the uh, CIA, KGB, mm-hmm. right? So they're they're uh, they're basically a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they are a intelligence the agency. Head. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the uh-huh. intelligence agency for the Romulans. Uh, before the scene is over, uh, Rikar, Rikar, the the Romulan realizes that the Doctor was not really scanning him, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, let me see what you scan. He looks at it and it's like, there's nothing. You you haven't scanned anything. Haven't and scanned. Bob's reaction was like, oh. <laughs> he looks just, at it. And he's just a dead he man. He, he takes it, it back he and he, sh- puck, he yeah, shook, shook the tricorder. He a couple buttons. Really? I thought I was. <laughs> it's very funny. See, that's Bob Picardo. Because I don't think yeah. the doctor himself would actually shake the tricorder, yeah. right? That's Bob Picardo infusing yeah. his own physical comedy into it. Very so. funny. Yeah. Um, we go back to Voyager sick bay yeah. and Paris is trying to be a doctor. He yeah. suggests next time order the chicken salad yes. and not the root and tootin' hot and spicy chili. <laughs> right. um, then Harry walks in and yeah. Paris is like panicking desperate. Yeah. Is this the scene where you pat me like 15 times? So you're like, Hey yes. buddy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. By the That's way, it. when the door opens and I see you, my arms go up. Yeah. They come like up. They're like, you're like, I thought I was going to run across the thing and hug you. I yeah. Thought I was, and then, and I do go over to you and I put my, I'm like, what do you see? And I put you're, my arm around. I'm, you're so touchy feely, right? I was very touchy feely. I, yes. I felt like we were going into a slow motion montage of Paris I, running across the, <laughs> the sick bay, you know, 
with the sunset and yeah. uh, he was going to, you were so touchy feely. I was uncomfortable watching it. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> Why does he keep doing that? So now we find oh, out he Paris. wants Harry to program yes. a new EMH. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the doctor anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. My note, my two notes here are number one, my makeup is so dark. <laughs> I wrote that mm-hmm. down. I look like, I don't know. Maybe I went to Hawaii earlier. I, I'm so tan in that shot. Wow. And once again, my face is so fat. I wrote that again. So, <laughs> and nothing against Nancy Malone's uh, cinematography, her decision of how to shoot that. It's not yeah. her shots. It's not, it's not our director of photography. It's not the lighting people It's just, I know I ate extra junk food then and I'm getting fatter and fatter right now. So it happened. It happened. All right. Let's okay. We go to astrometrics. Balan and seven are in there. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically this scene is about Balana just going seven. You're a jerk. <laughs> You're rude. Just say, say, please. Say thank you. you. It's don't okay. boss people around. We're not you your say drones. jerk. Yeah, yes, yeah. You say jerk. I say it's a conversation about lousy interpersonal skills. That's yes. what I wrote. So mm-hmm. that's the more euphemistic way of saying it. But it was a it was a nice scene, and we don't normally see those two together. No, it was fun no. to watch them. I love those two scene together. together mm-hmm. But they do get a a signal. Seven receives a signal in here, and for the first time, we see a Herogen. Oh my gosh. Tiny Ron. Uh, I almost, yeah, tiny. I almost squealed. I, 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 Megan will attest to this. I was like, oh my God, the Herogen, they're here finally. Yeah. So I, and I, and I love this, uh, this alien species. This is I one of my too. favorite alien species from Voyager. So seeing the Herogen for the first time, seeing Tiny Ron on that screen, I was so excited. So it was happy. cool. Yes. But he basically says, stop using our technology. Those are yeah. our relay right. stations and terminate your link now, which would mean we'd lose the doctor. We'd right. never get him back. Right. So now there's another problem. Yeah. Uh, and then we go over to the to the Prometheus. Well, he sa- he severs the link, right? So basically, mm-hmm. Torres says like, "Wait, wait, wait! The sensor network? That's yours?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's Herogen." And yep. then he says, "Terminate it." And before she can even say anything else, he just he severs the link. He cuts it yep. off. Yeah. Problem. Big problem. Yeah. Cut over the Prometheus. Doctor is a prisoner now. What room is that? Would you call that a ready room? Would you call that the captain's ready room that he's yeah, in probably. or a briefing room or briefing room, quarters? I think it was a briefing it room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Ricar wants to know who the doctor is working with. He's like, you can't, you're a hologram. You can't be doing this by yourself. Mm-hmm. I did notice Nancy Malone was shooting these low angles in that scene, which, yeah. you know, always helps to kind of amp up the tension and the stakes. And okay. again, just a little detail, but yeah. as the stakes are building, she's trying yeah. to use these low angles, things getting more dramatic, just really... Subtle detail, but very well done. Well, if a low angle ramps up the stakes, what does a high angle do then? It can do that as well. Usually a high angle, if you're shooting down on an actor, it suggests that there's either someone watching them, almost like a surveillance point of view, Ah. or or even, even unconsciously, not a literal surveillance, but a sense that that you're being watched in Mm. some way, Mm -hmm. or that there's pressure. You know, there's yeah, there's um some power outside of your control or okay, you know, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. That, that all right. That sort of weakens the character, yeah. makes them small. Um, yeah. but uh, Doc is not cooperating, and so our our female Romulan, I forget her name, Navala. Navala comes in with this that's information. It. She says an optronic data stream transmission containing a holographic subroutine has mm-hmm. been detected. So now, you know, Rikar thinks, "Wow, this is very ingenious and creative. You are a Starfleet agent that was sent in, a holographic agent, basically, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. If that was really the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the data pattern has a Starfleet signature." 
doctor. And that's what makes Ricard think that the doctor is a secret agent. Mm-hmm. And Navala suggests a complete algorithm extraction to analyze the doctor's subroutines one by one this to me sounds like being drawn and quartered the medieval way right so this is the modern version of drawn and quartering for emh and the doctor's you know he's nice and calm really pretty much but before anything can happen gas starts filling the room Mm -hmm. and guess what the neurazine has been let out delivered they, they delivered they yeah. out mm-hmm. andy dick appears yeah. and then he tells his dramatic story like he's a narrator <laughs> Look, of he's what a he narrator did. i love that there i was in the jeffries tube and he do goes through think, the whole thing do you think that was written in the script that I he do. stands yeah. off and he sort of narrates this thing or was I this do. something that okay i think lisa i think lisa clink wrote this Okay. But it's very funny. It is so yes, funny. This arrogant, yeah. this competition of the yeah. two most arrogant men. When, yeah. When he calls, uh, just... he calls, he calls Picardo his smug comrade <laughs> captured <Yes>. by Romulans. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, but they, the, the, doc, the holographic doctors transfer to the bridge, the Prometheus bridge. Um, and I love when the doctor walks over to the, to the pilot's chair, just shoves the pilot who's passed out from the gas. Yeah. Just like shoves him and, you know, falls yes. like a rag doll. On I, the floor. I have a note about the site to site transport I, mm-hmm. when they go from that room, the interrogation room to the mm-hmm. bridge, that shot where they arrive on the bridge. You don't know it's the bridge immediately because oh, it all looks you like see they're in the middle is, of space. I thought, yes. I thought EMH two wasn't familiar with how to transport and they, that he transported both of them into space is what mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my first thought. Okay. Yeah. That Continue. was a, that was a fun moment. Just another moment of like, wait, wait, where are we? Where are they? Realize yeah. they're on the bridge. Right. Just a very funny scene of neither one of them know how to operate stop the ship or anything. They have no clue. stop it, start yeah. it, yeah. do anything with it. They keep well, he hitting does, button. Yeah. The doctor does talk about he had learned a few things from Mr. Paris. He he's had the, two lessons in the holodeck, in the holodeck yep. on a shuttle. A, on a shuttle. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and they're pushing something, and all of a sudden they hear uh, beep 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 beep. <laughs> I love when Andy Dick turns and he goes beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud. I was like, "That's oh, funny, very funny." Uh, but they're, the warp core is overloading. That's yeah. what they did. They hit some buttons, and now they're going to overload the warp core. Right. And he doesn't know which buttons could stop it. And, no. and there's three Romulan warbirds approaching. Yeah. So we're, you know, things are not good. Looks no. looks like things are bad. They don't know what they're doing. Not at all. And here come the, the bad guys. Uh, yeah. We go to Astrometrics. Yes. Then, and Janeway is talking to... Uh, Taurus and Seven. Taurus and Seven. Yeah. And uh, and she she uh, they bring up the Herogen up uh, and she begs the Herogen, please just, you know, let us use these relays. We're waiting for a message. And he's like, no, absolutely not. As the Herogen do. Right. And all of a sudden you see like sparks and the Herogen going and he falls down. Tiny Ron. Gets shocked. Tiny Ron right? gets shocked. I <laughs> yeah. thought he was dead for a minute. Uh, yeah, but well, that's that's the funniest part of the scene. Seven says, I generated a feedback surge along our sensor link. Just totally calm. And the mm-hmm. look on Roxanne's face and how she delivered that line. You killed him? It was the best. I yes. laughed so hard. I mean, it's not yes. funny to kill somebody, but in mm-hmm. that moment, 
very funny. Very funny. He wasn't responding to diplomacy. <laughs> like, okay. It's exactly. like, what? And the look on Janeway's face was like, oh my God, you've just made all these decisions on your own without yep. consulting Again, me. Yeah. There goes seven. Oh, there goes seven. That silly bored gal. That's kind mm-hmm. of the look that Janeway gives uh, mm-hmm. seven and to uh, Torres when she walks out of the room. Yep. Very funny scene. Very oh funny. God. You did laugh at that, right, Robbie? I did. Yes, yeah, so it yes. was very funny. Good. Yeah. All right. Everybody was funny in this episode. Good. So we go to Voyager's sick bay. And now yes. we have Paris and Kim and our lovely comedic scene that we I have know. here. You start off with that wonderful line. You think we should give him a little more hair, which I loved. And yes. was that your decision to knock on the doctor's? I think it was forehead? either me and it was either me and Bob or yeah. the director, but I, I think I I don't know. I'm going to guess that was Bob's decision. That seems like a Bob. I can just see Bob going, Robbie, I think it might be funny if you actually knock on my head. You know, I, I yeah. really hear his voice saying that. Yeah, but whoever's be. decision it was, whether it was, it was yours, Bob's, funny. or the director's, very funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very funny. Yeah, it was, it was funny. And then, so when we finally activate him and he kind of fritzes and starts reciting. That's not in the scene yet. That's not, is that in the scene? Yeah. Can we do that whole thing? Oh, it's all in here, right? It's yes. all okay. in here. All we in get here. him. Yes. Yeah, you get him. You get him up, and so it looks yeah. like Harry has succeeded. He's got the holo- hologram. The holographic doctor appears, and uh, and uh, he's finishing downloading all these medical databanks. Grey's things, Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, everything mm-hmm. into the program. And then when he hits the go button, the doctor just starts literally just starts reciting yeah. medical textbook he's just yeah. staring chapter straight one. ahead <laughs> chapter two yeah and i don't um, know if you noticed um, but if you if you looked at bob's eyes yeah. during all of that yeah i think he was reading some cue cards and i think i remember really him having some cue cards in the room because it was a lot of data and i don't like he was staring straight ahead and his I, eyes were kind of doing this oh no i did not catch that yeah just a little I did bit not catch that which okay. absolutely i would have done the same thing like mm. that's not a criticism but yeah um but I think, uh, and and by the way, if it's a if it's a, a, a holographic character, he could have been sort of internally, you know, his eyes could have been. Yeah, it could have been moving the, yes. the data or exactly. whatever. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, it was very funny. Oh my God. And, and then the scene ends basically with Harry sort of downloading. Gray's Anatomy into a pad. You look at my face when I'm doing that. I'm like, okay. It was a very sort of like, all right, Paris. Yeah. You troublemaker. Then here's, this is for you, which was just lovely. That was very funny. So I, so Paris has homework at the end of the scene. He does. Got a lot of studying to do. He does. Um, Uh, We cut to an exterior shot of the three Romulan ships converging on the Prometheus. And I got to say, I love the Romulan ships. They just... They look so mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> they really do. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they they uh, the the doc doc and Mark II uh, holograms are arguing <laughs> on uh, the just, Prometheus just, bridge. They're just trying to yeah. figure out the controls. They have no clue how to operate. No the clue ship how to operate. at all. No doctor. The, then the doctor pretends when the Romulans close in, they call the bridge, and the doctor <laughs> pretends to be Recar 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 for a minute, and he's like, "You're not. <laughs> You're not Recar. Where's Recar? Where's Recar?" <laughs> Bob's doing a funny voice, and then he tries. To, he's, he's trying to fool them. Very funny. Uh, oh gosh! And then the Romulans start firing weapons, and then Starfleet shows up, and they're firing weapons. So everybody's firing at the Prometheus. Yeah. Yes. 
And the two <laughs> holographic doctors are like, what's going on? Yeah. They try to return fire. There's just too many buttons. Right. At one point, Mark II leans on the console and he well, hits it's the like wrong... sort of a frustration thing. He's like, oh, and he puts his uh, hand down. Sort of and leans that, on... yeah. yeah. Right. And because he, he's going, you know, there's not going to be any more time to, I'm going to be dead. No time yeah. to explore. Yeah. No time for sex. Because he really wants to yeah. add that addition. <laughs> yeah. that the doctor. And he leans. Uh, he leans the- down, which then reminded me of when Paris and Torres were having their makeout session in engineering on the second level, and they're rolling across the control panel, yeah, like hitting be- everything, right? And yeah. nothing happens. Nothing yeah. happens there. Yeah. But uh, they end up. Um, they activate the the MVAM. The, they activate yeah, the the, the MVAM. Yeah, multi-vector then- attack mode. Multi-vector <laughs> attack mode, and then the computer says, "What attack pattern?" Asks the doctor, and he's like, "Attack pattern." Alpha? Alpha? (laughs) With the question mark at the end. (laughs) Yeah. But it's very funny. Wouldn't that be funny if the computer could register the question mark at the end and says, are you sure? (laughs) It responds back to the question mark at the end of Alpha. That would have been funny too. But but they they succeed. And they're both heroes. And so it's a big win. And uh, we come back over to Voyager. Seven has gotten the transmission through the network and gotten the doctor back. and he fritzes in um, to sickbay. Yeah. And he is pumped. He's like, I, 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 I did it. did it. <laughs> I'm going to pat uh, myself on the back a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's so proud of himself. Yeah. He's very proud of himself. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he tells um, Janeway that he spoke to Starfleet and mm-hmm. that Starfleet thought they had given up. They thought Voyager was lost. Yeah. And he said, I set the record straight. 14 months ago, Voyager was declared officially lost. That's the yeah. information we learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said he set the record straight. And um, they promised that they would do everything they could to get Voyager back home. Mm-hmm. And he says, his, his last line there was, he says, um, they wanted you to know you are no longer alone. Alone. And I love that. It was it was a it nice. Was great ending. Great everything. Great ending. Yeah. Good episode. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, what was your theme for this? Well, my theme was sort of like persistence is key. Don't mm-hmm. give up hope. Don't give up hope. It took four years for us to just get one message to Starfleet mm-hmm. that we're not dead, we're alive. And, you know, sometimes people in the society that we live in, the day and age that we live in now, it's always like, what can you do for me now, now, now? It's 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 so immediate. Everyone wants, mm-hmm. a res- uh, they want something to happen immediately and yeah. when it doesn't happen immediately people just throw up their arms like oh well this is not working you know and they just yeah. give up and it's like come on guys sometimes things take time yeah. <laughs> you know have yeah. some patience don't give up that's it yeah. so that was my lesson from this great yeah. yeah i think my lesson or my theme was don't be afraid to try something you've never tried before okay i think for the doctor to go be the guy in the front lines the hero He's mm-hmm. used to being a doctor, but he was, he was able to succeed. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, like you said, persistence and believing in yourself mm-hmm. and being willing to take a chance on something new um, and do the hard work. He was able to do it. And yeah. para, para, same thing with Paris and as the, as the doctor, he didn't yeah. want to, he didn't want to be a doctor, didn't right. know what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, again, a very minor B story at best, but uh it was it was a nice echo to the doctor's journey. Yeah. Paris was like having to do something he wasn't comfortable doing. Yeah. But he did okay. He was okay. able to get through it. So then I would add on to this, you know, don't be afraid of change. 
And that's something yeah. that a lot of times uh, human beings are so, they're so nervous and they're so, oh my gosh, this is different from what I'm used to. Will yeah. I succeed? Will I fail? Well, you should embrace newness or embrace change because sometimes it opens another chapter in your life yep. that you would never have expected. And it, that chapter could be far superior to the prior chapters of your life. Yep. So yep. don't be yep. afraid of it. Awesome. Well, that was fun. It was fun. What is next week's episode? Next week is Hunters, which should oh, probably give you a little key. Yeah, you should yes, probably know what this is about, yes, right? Yes, okay, yes, good. yes, yeah. 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 Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. We are on this, a roll of some we're on a episodes roll. that I actually can remember. Yes. And I remember and, enjoying. And, and they're uh, great episodes. Right? And they're really good. Yeah. Right. We've got our legs now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be fun. All right. Well, I'll. I'll uh, look forward to reviewing and rewatching this with you next week. Ditto. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode message and bottle. Stay tuned next week when Robbie and I will be reviewing, recapping, discussing hunters. Thanks everyone. See you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.